Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to the Todd V Show. This is officially the first Todd V Show, so until roughly 20 seconds ago, the Todd V Show didn't exist, but here it is. Um, basically, I got a lot of requests of people to do do a podcast. Apparently, y'all want to hear what I have to say about some things, so I'm just going to kind of go off on some tangents. Hopefully, y'all enjoy it. And one of the first things I want to talk to you guys about is something I've been getting a lot of questions about, which is verbal game. Obviously, the reason I'm getting a lot of questions about verbal game is that it's it's kind of a topic I've been introducing in a lot of my videos. Um, I'm making a lot of points along these lines. Uh, so I want to take this time that we have together tonight to just clarify um, exactly kind of what verbal game is and a lot of kind of the finer points of how to be, I don't know, attractive, charismatic, effective. Effective is a good word for for a lot of a lot of my philosophy. Um, be those things when talking to girls. How do you do that? Um, and I'm going to start with a question that is so obvious it sounds dumb. Um, I didn't even want to address this question, but I was convinced I had to, so we're going to address it, which is, what is verbal game? The reason I think it's a dumb question is it's exactly what it sounds like. It's game that is coming out of your mouth, right? It is game that is spoken. Um, and there are some distinctions there, though. I, I mean, as dumb as it sounds, yes, verbal game is game with your mouth, yay. Um, the, the thing, though, is that... It's a subset of, of game that would be called outer game, i.e. it's a game you actually are doing through your direct actions in the world. It's not inner game. It's not this sort of like thinking about what your beliefs are about things or getting to, you know, what are your core values or talking to a girl. Actually, all of that will be conveyed through verbal game and all that is, is a, like verbal game is a conduit for all of that. But verbal game specifically relates to what are you specifically saying and doing, uh, mostly saying, with women, right? It is distinctly outer game. It is distinctly an action-based, step-by-step kind of a process. And that's the kind of thing I like. I like that. I like things that are action-based. I like things that I can give you a direct action. I can give you a direct instruction, say, go do this, and it's going to make you better right now. I don't want something that's like, you know, think this thing, and then maybe the universe will reward you in some way because of the way you spiritually, astrally projected it out there, right? It's very concrete. It's very down-to-earth. So I'm going to start off with the most uncontroversial, controversial question you guys will ever hear, which is, does what you say to girls matter? Why do I say this is uncontroversial, controversial? Well, there's really two camps, and both camps probably think it's completely uncontroversial. So camp number one would be everybody in the world who's never studied game in a formal way. Pretty much anybody there, the first thing they ever ask you when you say, how do I be good with girls is, what do I say? What's my pickup line? Those kind of things. And so... For people in that category, there is no doubt whatsoever um, among that camp, as far as I can tell, that verbal game matters, right? In fact, if you look at like articles in mainstream magazines, what's the best pickup line? What do I say to girl? What to say to get her attracted? All that kind of stuff. Even even like some would be like what to text, which is still verbal game just in a textual form. But there's not a lot of doubt outside of the the community of people that have studied game that what you say matters. Ironically. If you go inside of the community of people who have actively studied game, there's a huge camp, a huge like, I don't know what to call it, movement, a huge sort of like core idea in teaching that um, words actually don't matter very much. The idea is if you just have the right thoughts, the right ideas, the words don't matter because the words will be a reflection of those thoughts and ideas. And so therefore they can't be wrong. It does matter who you are, yes, but it only matters who you are insofar as you can actually communicate that to a girl. The girl can only see what you've actually communicated to her. So all of the good ideas, all of the good beliefs, all of the like, you know, 
um, self-aggrandizement and being in the moment and being spiritually centered and having the right beliefs about humanity, all of that stuff is great only in so much as you can communicate it to another person. So um, uh, in, in the words of um, one of the great kind of voices in, in game long, long ago, um, he said he called it, he called it the pickup arts because that's what it was called back in that time. He said that the pickup arts is a performing art. Right, it's a performing art. It is about the the performance you put on the things you actually say, not about the things going on in your head. Um, so again, I've mentioned being very actionable, being very practical. Um, this is this is what we're talking about with verbal game is how to actually convey the things that are inside of you. Let's talk about men in general. Why is it that men in general have trouble talking with women? Right, there's this idea that you know men and women are somehow different. Uh, male-female communication is different. I know there's that, that book from the 90s, the whole, like, uh, it was like men are from Mars and women are from Venus, that whole idea of, like, this is f- fundamental difference. Um, I never really liked the title of the book or the the idea that we're, like, different, like, species, but the fact of the matter is there is some difference in how we communicate. Um, specifically, um, men tend to communicate more logical or logically, sorry, in their everyday lives, whereas women tend to communicate more emotionally. And so... Um, as men, a lot of men, um, that men that I know, um, work technical jobs, um, jobs where there's this very much, we get this very, very specific thing done and there's this very specific procedure for it that requires logical communication and communicating. For example, if you're trying to launch a rocket, it doesn't matter at any point how you feel about the rocket or how you feel about, you know, the environmentals of the, the fuel being used, or if you had like, um, you know, a bad day on your way to work. None of that kind of stuff matters in terms of getting the rocket to fire up into the air. Um, so a lot of guys, especially guys who work in technical fields, um, tend to have this method of communicating that is very simple, succinct, to the point, direct, obvious. And that's great in those contexts. It's great for getting things done. However, it's not so great for communicating with women because when you're talking to a woman, what you're mainly communicating is an emotional experience, right? Understand that when a girl meets you, she's not, she is meeting your resume, she is meeting your facts, etc. But what she's really experiencing, what she cares the most about is the emotional experience she has with you. Is she going to have fun with you? Is she going to feel relaxed with you? Is she going to feel safe with you? Is she going to feel comfortable with you? Is she going to feel like she's special and winning in some way being with you? When, when you touch her, does it feel good? When you have sex with her, does it feel good and is it an engaging, positive experience? That's what the girl is going to be responding to and looking for primarily. So for all these reasons, communicating with the girl's emotional brain is going to be the strongest way that you can communicate with her. Um, and the thing is this, almost anything you say can be communicated in a logical way or like a purely logical way, which is probably going to be boring, or it can be communicated in an emotional way along with that logic, which is going to make it a lot more interesting. So for example, let's say a girl asks you what you do for a living, right? If she says, what do you do for a living? You say, doctor. That's very logical, straightforward, boring. And it's also closed-ended. It doesn't leave a lot more to be talked about. It kind of almost ends the conversation topic unless she happens to have follow-up questions or happens to want to put more effort in. On the other hand, if a girl asks you what you do for a living and your answer was instead of just an answer, a story perhaps, right? You know, it's funny because when I was in college, um, I was kind of struggling trying to figure out what my major was. And then this one particular experience happened to me. And in that experience, I realized, you know, the beauty of, you know, helping someone out and yada, yada, yada. And so, you know, I thought to myself, what could I do? I'd been taking some biology and then it all kind of came together. I became a doctor. That kind of a story 
is much, much better, much more gripping, much more emotionally compelling by its nature than just saying doctor, especially if during that story you're referring to your emotions, the, 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 the human elements of what's going on as opposed to just a series of events. All right? So that's an example of taking the same answer, the same information and communicating it in an emotional way rather than a logical way. Another great way to communicate emotionally is through humor, right? To have some kind of um, fun or playfulness or exaggeration along with what you're saying that makes it more interesting, makes it more compelling, makes it more surprising, makes it more memorable. And in fact, a lot of flirting, right? Keyword in dating, you know, if you think about dating, flirting is a word that comes up. A lot of flirting has to do with using lightheartedness, playfulness, and humor in what you're conveying as opposed to just conveying it. Right, giving a girl an experience, giving a girl a bit of a ride, a bit of an emotional roller coaster, um, a bit of a, a bit of a journey in her time with you is going to make it again a lot more compelling, a lot more interesting, a lot more fun for her. I'll give you kind of a weird story. Um, this is years and years ago when like Grey's Anatomy was one of the biggest shows on television. You can you can I'm kind of dating myself here, but um, tell you you can tell how old this is. But anyway, I was in New York at the time. I was on the subway. And I was I was stuck next to these two girls who were discussing an episode of Grey's Anatomy for the entire subway ride. And this was a, a relatively long subway. It's probably like a, I want to say like a 15-minute ride on the subway, something like that, maybe, maybe 20, something like that. And they discussed this one episode of Grey's Anatomy the entire time. By the end of the subway ride, I did not know a single event that happened in the show. That sounds crazy. That sounds nuts, I know. But here's here's the nature of the conversation, roughly. They were like, um, you know, I just, I felt like, um, you know, it was, there was, there was so much potential there and it was, it was going so well, but then it was just, it's just such a letdown or, you know, I really felt like almost like, you know, betrayed by the way that the, the characters were, um, you know, they, they, they just, they just like, there was, there was so much warmth and then it was just such a sh- sudden shift. <laughs> like it was these kind of things the entire time, which would be, would have made sense, like with some context, where like, you know, at the part where character A said to character B, I felt that yada, 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 but they didn't even mention character A or character B. What they mentioned for the entire 20 minutes was just the emotions they had of the show. The emotion of, I really like this. I didn't like that. I, I felt, you know, um, I felt such a letdown here, or I, I was, I was starting to get depressed and then it suddenly turned around for me. Right. So literally, 20 minutes of the emotional journey without a single fact. Can you imagine two guys discussing the same show in typical guy style? It would have been like, you know, like a like a timeline analysis of like plots that happened and maybe like, you know, what parts were believable and not or I don't know. Anyway, in any case, it's just a difference in communication. The the ironic thing though is you have to get good with just how like being willing to have something to say, be get good with the emotional component of verbal game first and then you can learn that technical component, and then you can learn to make the things you say and do far more witty and impactful. Um, but the right thing is very powerful. I'm gonna, I'll share with you a little bit nerdy. Um, one of my all-time favorite quotes, it's uh, a quote by uh, a man named Mark Twain. Um, he said, the difference between the right word and the almost right word is the difference between lightning and the lightning bug. Right? And the point is he changed literally one word and made it from this massive, amazing force of nature to this tiny little insect, right? And you can do the same thing with words. That one phrasing that makes you make someone laugh, that's impactful, that's shocking, that, that gets someone to pay attention is so, so, so much better than the, the phrasing that is bland or that is forgotten. So you can do a lot more with your words. And in fact, when when game was first sort of taught 
in a more rigorous scientific way, this element was the whole deal. This was all anybody focused on was getting the exact right words. And um, the the way that they got around the idea of, of coming up with something to say in the moment was by literally scripting it, by literally coming up with whole stories in advance that they planned out, including, you know, pauses, including punchlines, including the whole deal. And this actually was fairly effective um, up to a point. It was fairly effective. However, it was very inflexible um, and it, it lacked the ability to um, to change and adapt to the situation very well. Also, for a lot of people, it was what we call incongruent, meaning they were saying something that was representing something they fundamentally weren't, and people would start to see through it and make people seem fake, et cetera, et cetera. So there was a, a major problem with this style of game of just like coming up with an, in advance what to say and having planned stories, planned scripts, et cetera. However, even with all those flaws, even with massive incongruence, even with... Um, lack of flexibility, et cetera, it still worked because impactful words are so absolutely powerful. Um, so the question really is, how do you get the best of both worlds? How do you get the fluidity and the spontaneity and the genuineness uh, of really just saying what's on your mind and participating in the conversation and at the same, and also the um, the lack of like self analysis and 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 um, self judgment, so that you actually do feel free to talk, right? But at the same time, to still have good ideas of what to say, to still have um, good words and phrases. And I believe the secret is a bit of a hybrid of the two approaches. So rather than have a script that you're going to go in and say every single time to every single girl, no matter what, again inflexible. Um, and, and problematic in all those ways. Also, the problem with doing a script like that is that if you have a script and it works, it's very easy to believe the script worked rather than you worked, right? So there's a phenomenon when guys get better with girls or get better at anything that it improves their self-esteem. However, a lot of guys who are getting good with girls with this, this scripted approach, they were getting better results, but they actually weren't getting better self-esteem because they didn't attribute that success to themselves. They just attributed it to the script. So that was another problem with all of that. Okay, so but how do you how do you get the best of both worlds? How do you have fluidity and spontaneity and ability to adjust and, and have it reflect your personality, but at the same time, be very clever, be very charismatic, make your words impactful? Well, there's two ways. One is to have some idea of what we call canned material, have some things that you do say repeatedly or, or on a regular basis, or you, you at least you say them more than once. However, you don't try and force them into the conversation, right? Maybe there's a particular joke you like to tell. It's absolutely fine to tell that joke, but don't go in and try and tell that joke to every single person. Tell it when it's appropriate. So if you have a joke about swimming, maybe you tell it when someone's talking about swimming. You don't just go in and randomly insert a swimming joke into a, into a conversation about like, you know, about launching a rocket ship. It, it's, it, you, have to have, you have to have some, some congruence, right? The other thing is that it's usually best to um, do things that are, that are congruent with your own life. So let's say you heard a... Uh, a story from a stand-up comedian that was really, really funny, but that stand-up comedian's personality is completely different than yours. That's not your story. You don't own that story. It doesn't belong to you in the sense of, number one, you didn't make it up. But more importantly, you aren't congruent as a person with that story. You don't have the same personality as the person telling that story, and it's going to come off very unnatural for you. However, if you yourself tell a story in one context 
and it's very effective and people laugh and people seem to respond well to it, you do own that story. One, because you created it, but two, because it is congruent with you. And in fact, I would argue that if you hear a joke that you really like that is congruent with your personality, that really, really resonates with you and you believe in strongly, even though you didn't create it, that joke kind of belongs to you as well, at least on a, a philosophical level. You can say or do something along those lines because it embodies who you are. It embodies what you're about. But the point is you need to choose material that is actually reflect, reflective of you. And understand this, that in game, what you're fundamentally doing is you are conveying yourself. You're conveying your personality to a girl. And that's what this verbal game should be, right? That's what, that's what you should be doing is, yes, you have maybe some canned lines, or better yet, what we'll get to in a minute, which is canned formats, but you're, you're fluent with them. You've practiced them, you're good with them, and you're not trying to do something in the moment. You're not trying to come up with some crazy move. You're not trying to do something fancy. You're doing that thing which you've internalized and ingrained, and which, even if it wasn't a part of you at first, you've learned it to the, to the point that it has become a part of you. Um, and that's that's when you really have congruence with the good lines and you can be super, super impactful, but at the same time, utterly and truly yourself because the lines have become a part of you or the ideas behind the lines maybe have become a part of you. Final thing I want to talk about, though, in terms of having excellent verbal game is that it shouldn't necessarily be lines, but formats of lines. So um, I guess, again, a good example of this is from stand up comedy. Um, if you were to watch 10 different comedians do an hour of comedy each, you would not hear the exact same joke repeated. However, you might hear jokes on similar themes repeated, right? You might hear um, different, like, different people joke about the same politician and the same things about him that they're making fun of, for example. So they're, they're joking on a particular theme. Or you might hear particular joke formats repeated. For example, one that you might hear is what's called setup and punch, which is you set up, um, you, you, you tell a story and it seems to be going one direction. You suddenly shift the story in the other direction at the last minute and that's your punchline. You'd probably hear that many, many times over the course of watching a bunch of comedians. Another one you'd hear is what's called rule of three. Rule of three basically means you're making a list of things and the first one is just a thing. Second one establishes a pattern. Third one breaks that pattern. And again, there's that exaggeration or surprise um, that is um, the funny thing. Another format you might hear is exaggeration, which is you're, you're taking something pretty normal and you're saying it in some outlandish way. You're taking it to an absurd logical conclusion and that in itself can be humorous. So the point is, while each and every comedy routine is completely different, they're also completely not different, right? Every joke is unique. Every delivery of the joke is unique. The conception of the joke, the way they strung them together is unique. However, they're all based on the same formats. They're all based on the same core building blocks. And that's what I actually like to teach when I'm teaching game is to learn those building blocks. So while it's amazing to learn a particular line that you can say to a girl that's useful, and I know lots of them, um, one line that, that is historically brilliant and has worked for years and years and years is something along the lines of you and I won't get along or I'm not sure if you and I are going to get along. Something that conveys this idea of maybe there's a relationship, maybe there's tension. And that is a great line. But that idea behind the line of I'm not sure about you, um, something, something I like, something I don't like, there's probably a thousand different variations on that. So you don't need to be saying that exact same line. Um, also, that theme or the, the construction of that line is, um, is what we call like a push-pull, which is having something positive and something negative next to each other. And there's an infinite number of those as well. All right, Your core idea in verbal game is do whatever you already know and are comfortable and congruent with. And then try some little tiny bit on top of it and just get a little bit better. 
and then try another little tiny bit the next day and a little tiny bit the next day. If you get little by little by little better, each and every bit will be impactful. You're always going to be congruent. You're going to see actually really fast progress. Like it's it's funny. It's funny because because these these lines and exercise um, lines and formats are so powerful. Even adding one of them into your game, done the right way at the right time, fundamentally changes the interaction. Right, one line can change the interaction from being platonic and boring to suddenly being interesting and sexually charged. One line can change the girl from knowing she has you and being like, you know, um, sort of almost condescending to sitting up and being like, wait, wow, this is like a real guy that I have to sit up and pay attention to. So um, each little step along the way is extremely rewarding. If you try and overhaul your entire game, if you try and like have the perfect thing to say from start to finish, the first time you go try and learn verbal game, you're just going to get lost and confused. You're going to trip all over yourself. But if you're comfortable with the fact that you're constantly improving each and every time you add something in, in the right way, you're going to get massive impactful results. Then just stick with that process and um, you're going to get there eventually. And you're not going to have to worry because once you're, once you're, you know, a few weeks in a month in, you're going to be getting such an improvement that, you're always going to stay on. It's going to be a journey you're going to want to do for life, right? So um, that's kind of the process of learning verbal game and the process of learning the formats and the lines so that you can implement them in the best possible way. So in answer to the question of why I'm making a verbal game program, I would say the main thing is that just in working with students over and over again over the last several years, I see consistent huge issues in, in the verbal game, huge issues in terms of First of all, guys having something to say in the first place. Secondly, guys having something to say that's interesting or knowing what to say that's actually emotionally impactful. And then thirdly, once they do start talking, knowing how to continue step by step by step from just saying something to creating an emotional connection to um, actually taking a relationship somewhere with a girl. Um, And these are all processes that for most guys are confusing, esoteric, seem very random, but there's a very clear system to each and every part of it. There is a system for having something to say. There are specific things you can do when you don't know what to say that will give you something to say. There is a system to making something emotional and impactful. There are clear formats that you can use. And when I give these to my students, all of a sudden their interactions go from boring and platonic to suddenly man to woman, suddenly more interesting, et cetera, et cetera. And these are again, clear, fairly easy to use formats that you can do. And then there is a clear progression of events that need to happen in an interaction for it to go from strangers to lovers or in a relationship. Um, there's an experience that the girl needs to have. There's, there's certain things that if they're not there, it's very unlikely that this will come together. And this is going to sound arrogant, but 20 years into studying game and, and talking to girls, this is all very easy for me to the point that I didn't even know until I started talking to like students and seeing this over and over again that it was such a problem um, because this is something that just has been hammered into me over and over again for years because it was so painful not knowing and because every single time I made an advancement, it was such an epiphany for me and it was it was such a, a game changer that it, it was hard to ever forget it. Um, but in talking to students and, and dealing with students and coaching students over the past several years, I've realized that it's not obvious, 
verbal game is it's while it is simple, even possibly easy once you get it, it's not obvious. And you need, or it seems that most people need a little bit of guidance, a little bit of direction to figure those things out that are going to take that game, take their game to that next highly, highly impactful level. It's, it's very gratifying, actually. Right? It's highly, highly gratifying when you, um, like the other day I gave, uh, a student was having trouble opening and I literally told him, um, go use this one format. Just like the format, I'll even give it to you. The format was um, your, your um, I love your X, it's so Y. Right, and you could do a lot of different versions of that, but like I, um, I love your shirt. It's so nineteen eighties. Um, I love, I love your, I love your smile. It's so dorky, whatever. But if you just actually literally follow that format, that's maybe not the absolute best open in the world every single time. It's not necessarily what I open every set with. But just offhand, he was having trouble opening. He needed something simple he could do that would work. I gave that to him, and he went through his day, and he can very consistently open. He was super excited by the end of the day. Throughout like the, the, the previous couple of days, he'd been you know kind of hesitant and kind of like down on himself. All of a sudden, he came back with a big smile on his face. It was like, wow, I just opened like a madman. I like I could open everything today. And all I did was I gave him one silly little format that even if you say kind of the wrong words, it's still going to work. That's just one example just on the opener. Those same formats exist throughout the entirety of the interaction, all the way from meet to sex to relationship and beyond. And again, once you see them, you can't unsee them. Once you see them, you you have them, and they're not really even that complicated. They're so, so, so effective. Um, and so once, once I saw that, once I, I realized this was an issue people were having, I realized how easily solved it was, I almost had no choice but to make you know a verbal game product. So thanks for tuning in to the first podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, if you do want to participate on this podcast, if you'd like to have some input, if you'd like to address the topics that are most kind of near and dear to you and useful to you, um, I'll give you that opportunity. Um, if you email questions at toddvdating.com, um, specifically if you have anything relating to verbal game in terms of questions you have, things that are on your mind, whatever, um, we're going to go through that and we're going to see what are some of the most common things people want to hear um, and then also what are some interesting things that we just think are insightful or would be fun to discuss. And we're going to put those probably on a future podcast or possibly on future videos. So again, questions at toddvdating.com is your source for that if you want to be included or if you want the stuff that is most important to you to be addressed. Also, I'd highly recommend go over to verbalgameacademy.com. That's actually the site for my upcoming verbal game program. Uh, we're, be, we're going to be giving away a lot of amazing uh, kind of free stuff, free information there. Um, you're not going to want to miss out on any of that. And then eventually when the program does come, it's going to be pretty epic as well. Um, so check out verbalgameacademy.com. And again, thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you on the next one. Take care.